This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, in person for the first time in uh, um, over a month, over a month. About Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how you doing? Ah, doing. I'm I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, happy that Tampa's in the spot they are. Wish they could have been in a slightly different spot after last night, but they're not, and here we are. Yeah, fucking hell. Just get it over with, you know. Yeah. I just, I. There's, there's other things in our world, and although, uh, you know, we absolutely adore watching these playoffs, like, couldn't we have just uh, finished it last night? But no, we could not have finished it last night. So now, Monday night, we have another game at 8 p.m., and uh, it says at Dallas, but of course, Edmonton. Yeah. Um, but Dallas will be wearing their darks, we'll be in our lights, hopefully we can finish it there. Uh, I wonder what the percentages when it comes to uh the cup victors whether they're wearing their lights or their darks because i honestly feel like wearing the lights is more prominent when you look at like stanley cup photos yeah i mean if you're looking like more recently like they switched uh from like the whites being home jerseys dark being home jerseys back in uh early 2000s so like pretty much before that, like you would see the home team wearing white and winning it that way. But even now in like the modern era, when that is switched, yeah, it, it does seem to be that for whatever reason the away team happens to win a little more, win a little more. And if that's the case, I mean, Tampa's the away team caught up here in Game Six, so I'm not even gonna mind. Knock on wood, right? We need that. Um, but yeah, Chase, let's talk about uh, your week, how it was. Um, I came home, so it had to be just absolutely phenomenal. So great. So great. You were uh, just vibing. I know uh, we had a couple beers a couple different days. Uh, I, I think that tends to happen whenever uh, all the boys get together. There's just a lot of drinking. Oh, yeah, big time. And it's understandable, but at the same time, you know, we're running on uh, four straight days of just throwing back a, a lot of beers. Um, and because I was at, you know, John Dowell's two days ago and a couple other places, I'm not throwing back like two or three beers. I'm like downing fucking eight to 10 beers a day and I'm starting to get sick of it. <laughs> I'm ready to go back to school, do some schoolwork and, uh, give myself, you know, a couple day break, but Hey, we got to keep it going. We got beer ponds tonight and, uh, I figure I'm, I'm taking at least, at least Four games, victory. Sure. So I mean, if you want to be on my team, I can carry you there. But well, well, you know, whatever makes you sleep good at night. Oh, my bed makes me sleep good at night. Are you kidding me? My bed here at home, just pass the fuck out. Bed at college, kind of stiff, kind of stiff. Not gonna lie. No, no. But hey, it is what it is. Let's uh, let's get off of our lives because I'm sure all the fans love to hear about our lives, but uh. You know, we should be talking a bit about hockey here, eh? Might as well. So, let's first talk about what will be talked about on this episode. So, of course, coming up, we've got our Tampa Talk. We're going to be talking about Stamkos and how he 
finally appeared in a game and how excellent he did look. Then we're going to be talking about what went right, what went wrong so far in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then after we talk about our Tampa majority uh, segment, we will be moving on, talking about the rest of the hockey world, talking about contract terminations, the NHL All-Rookie Team, and the NHL Player Awards. So we talked about the uh, Coach of the Year and GM of the Year Awards, uh, I think two episodes ago. Now that all of the Player Awards are out, aside from the Conn Smythe, of course, uh, we're going to be talking about that. So, Chase, let's first hop into our Tampa talk. Stamkos, he made an appearance in Game 3, and man, it was excellent to see him out there, but it didn't last long. No, it did not last long at all. Uh, he had less than three minutes of time on ice, which, you know, when, when you dress the guy for a Stanley Cup final game, you, especially a guy like Stamkos, you kind of hope he's going to play a little more than that. But, you know, he did make the best of that ice time. He ended up scoring a big-time goal, really got the boys going. You could tell that the energy was at a much different level than it was the rest of the playoffs with Stamkos on the bench. So that was great to see. Uh, I, I talked about going into the series how I just – I pretty much was just counting him out for the rest of the playoffs because we've heard no positive signs. And then all of a sudden, he just randomly appears in the game, and then he's right back out. So I I really don't know what's going on with his injury. I I hope it's nothing, like, major because if, you know, if this guy's just going to be out, like, the rest of his career or if it's going to be something horrible, I'm going to be heartbroken. But at least Tampa's in a good spot to maybe win the cup for him. Yeah, for sure. And that game three... Just felt different with him in the lineup. Obviously, we saw all the big names score. Kucherov, Point, Hedman, Stamkos. We saw them all get on the board, and uh, that was one of the games where I I just knew. I think after two goals, I was like, this game's over. Oh, yeah. Like, like <clears throat> obviously, we can't count out the stars, but there was just a different energy in the building that night, and it was pretty obvious that Stamkos back in the lineup – he gets a goal, a very nice snipe. Obviously, he's very accustomed to getting those type of goals. Um, when that happened, it, it I knew it was over, and uh, it, it sure was. It ended five to two, and that gave us the two to one series lead. Let's hop back into that series, unless you wanted to talk about Stamkos anymore. Uh, I mean that pretty much covers, covers everything. I just hope to see that if Tampa kind of go on and win this cup. I'd love to see Stamkos and some skates wheeling that Stanley Cup around. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, so go, going into the series, uh, we talked about Game 1 already. Obviously, Game 1 did not go to plan. However, we don't need to talk about that one, so that's nice. Uh, game 2, 3-2 to two victory. Game 3, 5-2 to two victory, like I mentioned previous. Game 4, we won in overtime 5-4, to four, and then last night we lost in double double overtime 3-2. to two. So, Chase, let's talk about those first three games, our victories. What did we do super well in those games to make us the victors of those games? Well, really when it comes down to it, it was the star players just putting the team on their back. If you look, the goals came from the guys you expect to score. You know, It came from the Brain Points, from the Victor Hedmans, from DeAndre Palats, Kevin, Ch- Kevin Chattenkirk even getting on the scoreboard, uh, Steven Samkos when he's in the lineup. It came from these guys that you expect to score. Uh, you know, Earlier in the playoffs, there were... There's a lot of supplemental help, a lot of depth scoring while the scores were, or the, while the stars, excuse me, were still doing solid. But Braden Point, like, I, he's really the main guy I want to talk about, like from this series. 
you know, coming into the series, I thought, all right, Hedman's probably my favorite to win the Smythe. My brain point has completely changed that. Like, if this dude's got it on lock, uh, especially if, you know, if Tampa wins the Cup, I don't know how you could give it to anybody else. He's just been so dominant. He's looked, like, far and above the best player for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's incredible the steal that we got him of a contract. Still, get him in the third round of the NHL draft. Um, so, it's it's really on the back of him and guys like him just finally, like, I don't want to say finally doing their work, but, like, doing kind of what you were hoping that they would do in the midst of a cup run, just really putting the team on their back and dominating. Yeah, absolutely. And Braden Point, he looked phenomenal, don't get us wrong, in the first three rounds. But in this series, he has just evolved his game to the next level, which I didn't even think was possible because he was playing that good in the prior series. But, yeah, I agree. He is the Smythe favorite right now. Um, so, hopefully, he can keep that going. The one thing I did want to talk about, Game 4, we saw some struggles from both goaltenders, Vasilevsky and Kudobin. Luckily, we came out with the victory. But Vasi let in two goals on three shots. He did rebound a little bit, but he let in another two that were kind of sloppy. So um, it's nice to see that Vasilevsky bounced back in our Game 5. However, it was a loss. So uh, where do you think his mindset is sitting right now after a bad game and then a somewhat good game, but then we still drop the ball? Well, it's it's Valentin Vasilevsky. You know, he's the best goalie in the league. Uh, I don't I don't think he hangs his hat too heavy on any single game or performance. Uh, even when he's playing like like struggling, when he's when he's playing down, he still ends up finding a way to get back up pretty quick. So I you know, I'm not concerned. He'll be fine moving forward. Be ready to step up, do what he has to do to help the team win. Uh, I expect a massive game out of him game six. I I'm hoping so. Yeah, it would be absolutely phenomenal if he can. Uh... Shut the door on Dallas, and, and Dallas isn't phenomenal at scoring, but they are definitely the best scoring team we've faced up to this point, which is kind of crazy to think about because Dallas isn't one of those teams that, I mean, they got outscored by Vegas in their last series, but somehow found a way to win. So um, I know that they are struggling with a couple injuries. Jason Dickinson obviously was very hampered in our game five. Uh, Rupe Hintz didn't play. So if that continues, we got to capitalize on that because if we don't and somehow it goes to a game seven and they're back healthy, it could be a big problem. So let's get it done in game six. We don't need to push it on to a game seven. Uh, get it over with, right? Just oh yeah, rip the Band-Aid off, even though it's not a Band-Aid, right? It's, uh, you know one of the most prized trophies in all of sports. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I want to see as much hockey as possible, but why even go to Game 7? Just win in Game 6, you know, be easy on our hearts. Let, let us go enjoy our uh, off season, our very strange off season. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, regardless of whatever which, like whatever team wins, I really am interested to see what, like, how the Stanley Cup offseason goes because normally it's full of parades, parties, blah, 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 traveling. But, you know, we got COVID going on, so these things won't be happening. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting. Uh, and it's it's kind of funny to think about because if you're not a Tampa fan, then you most likely want this to go to seven. You know, even if you're like, a, um, I don't know, let's see, San Jose Sharks fan. If for some reason a San Jose Sharks fan is – still super in tune to the playoffs, I guarantee they're like, let's get to a game seven because everyone wants to see 
that high suspense game seven action. However, if you're a Tampa fan, you're like, look, we have the lead. Let's get it over with. I don't want to be putting my heart on the line in game seven. And for some reason, if that does happen, it could get stabbed. We don't want that. So I think that's always funny to see the different um, mindsets of different sets of fans. Obviously, us being Tampa fans, we want this game to be over with. We want uh, the 4-2 to victory. However, Dallas and probably 90% of everyone else want it to go to a Game 7. Because who doesn't love the drama of a Game 7? Yeah, if I had no stake in the game, of course I want to go to Game 7. But as... I think everybody listening should know. Obviously, we do have some stake in the game, so I, I just I want to be able to enjoy this offseason as much as possible uh, for as long as possible. It's you know it's gonna suck if for some reason it doesn't go Tampa's way, but I'm feeling pretty good going forward. So you know time will only tell. We'll, we'll see what's going on. Uh, we you know we got a possibility of two more games by the time this episode releases. Uh, it'll be game six that night. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Game six will be a big one. Let's hope that we can finish it. So depending when the series ends, Chase and I will be releasing some audio to you guys, depending on what day it is and what game it is. It'll either be a full on podcast or at least uh, a couple minute soundbite on our Twitter, which is at Bolts Broadcast. So uh, make sure you guys are looking out for that when the series ends. We'll get that information to you guys. And then next week, we're going to be talking prospects and the draft. And I know Tampa doesn't have any first round picks, but that doesn't mean we are null and void of all of our picks. So we'll be talking about some of the top players, some of the guys we're excited to see coming to the NHL and all that stuff. So up next, we are going to be talking some general hockey news. But first, we're going to do a quick commercial break and uh, give you guys a sneak peek of Tales with Terry Ryan. You're listening to Tales with TR, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Follow Terry Ryan on all social media platforms. New episodes every Tuesday or Thursday, wherever you download podcasts from. All right, we're back. If you enjoyed that sneak peek of Tales with TR, Tales with Terry Ryan, you can, of course, go check that out at hockey at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can also listen to that anywhere else you get your podcasts, of course, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, Chase, moving on to more general NHL talk. First, we got to talk about Bobby Ryan as his contract was terminated. And that's super unfortunate because we'll talk about him in a little bit here. He did take home the Masterton Trophy. He had a nice bounce back in his career. However, it wasn't enough to hold on to that very high-priced contract that he was holding. Yeah, he was making way too much money for what he produces on the ice. So it's not really surprising. It's something that Ottawa fans have wanted for a couple of years. Um, it's, it's a little weird that it came now and not earlier on, um, at this point, they're just taking on more, not like more of a cap hit, but taking on a cap hit for a little bit longer, uh, instead of just writing out the last little bit of his deal. So I don't know. It's a little weird. Bobby Ryan will continue to get paid by Ottawa, go to a contender on a cheap deal, try to compete for a depth role and see what he can do on a team like that. Uh, but yeah, not really surprising at all. Ottawa's a team that's really trying to change their identity, trying to rebuild and retool, and Bobby Ryan's not a piece to do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also agree with your point on why wait this long. 
because obviously Bobby Ryan has the bounce back, but also uh, two, three years ago, you could have gotten him off the books and uh, it still would have been obviously a long couple of years uh, with his contract. But now, why wouldn't you just ride it out for the last, what, two, three years when you don't have anyone to sign? Yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens because like, I, you know, I don't really disagree, but I don't, I don't know. They're just adding extra years to their uh, cap hit, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, we now talk about Henrik Lundqvist because obviously, the New York Rangers seem to be moving on with Igor Shostorkin and Alexander Gorgiev. So, does that mean Henrik Lundqvist could have the same happen to him? Yeah, I, I from what I read, like I read something the other day saying that Lundqvist was pretty much a lock to be bought out. Um, but then I read something this morning saying that he will not be bought out in this first buyout period. So there's two buyout periods in the off season, one going on now and one towards the end of the off season. Um, right now, Lundqvist won't be bought out. Maybe they'll try to seek a trade partner. Uh, if they can't find one, then at that point, maybe he gets bought out in the second period and then he gets signed to a team kind of later in the off season. I don't know what's going on there. Um, you got to assume Lundqvist's time in New York is done. Uh, you got two younger goalies that are both better at this moment. You got to roll with those guys. It's going to be weird looking at Lundqvist in any different jersey, and especially his helmets. Obviously, uh, his helmets are pretty iconic, and so seeing him change that up from the Statue of Liberty to something else is going to be super weird. Uh, I hope that... Whoever he goes to, though, he can find some success and maybe capture a Stanley Cup because he is probably my favorite goalie of all time, and I think uh, he really deserves it. And I I think no matter what, he's a Hall of Famer. However, that extra cup would definitely help his case. Oh, yeah. I for sure would. All right, let's now move on, talk about the NHL All-Rookie Team as it was announced earlier this week um some good names here and obviously the headlines are kale mccarr and quinn hughes on that back end Uh, those two are going to be absolute studs for years and years yeah so these two guys you know they're two of the faces of the of the upcoming nhl uh two young defensemen we haven't really had dominant defensemen in the league recently victor hedman our Tampa lightning defenseman we know we know him very well he's probably the best uh defenseman in the league probably the most dominant defenseman in the league um, but still the levels that, uh, guys like Hughes and McCarr can reach in terms of dominance, like that's nothing that Hedman will like ever have been at. These guys can be absolute forces offensively while still playing like good defensively too. Uh, you know, they're going to be number one offensive for their teams if they're not already at this point. Uh, but you got a very bright future in the back end because not just these two, you also got Miro Heiskin and Rasmus Dahlin. They weren't rookies, uh, but they're two very young defensemen who've shown a ton of promise. Um, but there's a lot to be excited for. Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable what these two have showed uh, skill-wise. Obviously, you saw Cal McCarr's highlight reel. Just It seemed like almost every week he was scoring a highlight goal. So that's absolutely awesome to see. These guys both gifted offensively on the back end. And honestly, these guys might not have gotten a chance if it was 20 years ago because of their size. So it's nice to see them come in and just absolutely dominate. They are the two defensemen representing the all-rookie team. Chase, let's now talk about the four other members. You got Elvis Merzlikens in net, and then the forwards, 
Dominic Kubalik, Victor Olofsson, and Nick Suzuki. Victor Olofsson and Dominic Kubalik, a little bit older, but they really burst onto the scene and look like one of their better players for their respective rosters. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the rookie like the year and the all rookie team, like those awards, that's like my, my issue, you know, I, I feel like it is the age just had a little old. Um, but regardless, these guys both qualify. Um, they are a little bit older players. They've played pro over in Europe for quite a few years. But regardless, they're rookies in the NHL. They came on the scene. They played really well. It, regardless of what level you were playing before, it's hard to come step right into the NHL and be that successful. So, you know, kudos to them for a rookie year. Uh, Nick Suzuki, he you know he, he looked awesome this year. He, he got a lot of promise from Montreal. They should be very excited that they got him in that trade from Vegas. Uh, he could be someone who could be a legit top six center for you uh, and score a lot of points, play power play, be someone that you really rely on. Yeah. Um, you got something to say on him real quick? I was just going to say, if you were Vegas now, would you still do that deal? The Suzuki for patches. Obviously, there was a couple other pieces moving, but... Uh, right now, you're looking at it. Do you like that deal still or no? Probably not. Like, like pa- Patrick is still a solid player. Don't get me wrong, but you know they they didn't win the cup or anything with them. Uh, sure, they've had a lot of success and they haven't missed the playoffs yet as a franchise. It's pretty amazing. But a guy like Nick Suzuki, he's going to have a lot of years in the NHL where Patches is really starting to get towards the end of the road. So it it, it kind of sucks looking back on. I get the trade at the time. Um, I didn't think it was too bad of a trade at the time. But, yeah, when you look back on it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously. All right, so Elvis Merzlikens, he was the final member that we talked about. He uh, had a pretty good season alongside Jonas Corposalo. Him and Jonas Corposalo were the only reasons Columbus had any chance to make the playoffs and then any chance that they uh, had to take a game off of our Tampa Bay Lightning. Both of these guys played absolutely phenomenal, and I don't think there's really any other rookie goalie that uh, we would have seen here. Elvis no. Lickens, obviously the far and above best one in my mind. If Spencer Knight played, though, it could have been a different story, but obviously he's still in college. Maybe we'll see him next year. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, like Merzlikens, there wasn't really much else to choose from. Not that he played like bad or anything. Like you know, it's it's deserving. But it's not like there was a guy, rookie who came on and just, you know, commanded the workload and just dominated. So, uh, understandable. He, he's a guy who, uh, you know, he should have a nice NHL career. We'll see what kind of role he plays going forward. But he's definitely a solid goaltender. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this offseason is going to be a big one for goaltenders because we see a lot of names uh, that could be hitting the, hitting the free agency. With obviously Henrik Lundqvist, we see Robin Lehner. His his deal is up in Vegas. Do does Vegas look to re-sign him and move Flurry, or are they keeping with Flurry? Uh, Arizona, they've got two goaltenders. Pittsburgh has two goaltenders. There's a lot of goaltender movement that could be happening this offseason, and that could include Elvis Merzlikens or Jonas Corposalo. So I'm very excited to see how this plays out, but uh, obviously we're gonna have to wait and see for that. Uh, Chase, let's move on to the NHL awards. This is the player-only awards. Obviously, we talked about uh, some of the other ones later, or uh, a, a couple weeks ago. But Hart Memorial, Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, obviously. Yeah, that's it's, it's not too surprising at all. Um, he he played well this year. He like he led the league in points. So I know uh, some people they have an issue just giving the heart to the guy who leads the league in points every year. 
Uh, but I thought Dreisaitl was one of the like most consistent, like good, like even like in stretches where he wasn't performing point wise, he consistently like looked like the best player on the ice for his team. Um, so I've got no issue with this award at all. If it would have went to someone like McKinnon instead, too, it would have been perfectly fine. But I don't have an issue with it going to Dreisaitl. Yeah, absolutely. And Dreisaitl was the only reason that this Edmonton team stayed somewhat consistent when Connor McDavid went out with his injury. I think Leon Dreisaitl was just absolutely phenomenal this year. Definitely deserving of the heart. All right, let's now talk about the James Norris. This one kind of surprised me. This one went to Roman Yossi. Uh... Roman Yossi, amazing defenseman. Absolutely adore him. I think he's a top five defenseman in the league. However, I was surprised that he won the award. Yeah, I thought it was going to be either John Carlson or Victor Hedman. Like, John Carlson, obviously, he had a hot, hot, hot year. Just was dominating on the ice. And then Victor Hedman is the actual best defenseman in the league. So, you thought it was going to be one of those two. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. Yossi had a great year. He helped uh, bring that Nashville team to a playoff spot after struggling early in the year. Started putting pieces all together. But I I don't know. Like I don't have a I I don't know. I, I just I can't really agree with the choice of Yossi here. I I don't definitely don't think it was like a bad player. But there's two better options. Two much better options. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, how many times were we logging on to the episodes and just going, holy shit, John Carlson is still scoring at an insane pace. He's scoring like a forward right now. And, uh, you know, I think he should have deserved the James Norris. Obviously, we love Victor Hedman here, but an outstanding season uh, by John Carlson. I think it's warranted for him, but uh, uh, Roman Yossi takes it home. So, a little interesting there. All right, let's talk about the Vesna. I think this came down to two goaltenders. I think if Vassy was a little better at the start, he would have taken it, but... Uh, Connor Hellebuck takes it, and rightfully so. Yeah, I talked about this on previous episodes. Like, Hellebuck, and I talk about it on other shows, too, but Hellebuck was my underrated goalie in the league. Uh, I was, I like, my opinion is he's number two behind Vasilevsky in terms of just, like, pure goalie talent. And that kind of shows. Hellebuck just won goalie of the year. Uh, very well-deserved. Um, is not Another thing, kind of like the Norris, though, where, like, the best goalie in the league is under Vasilevsky. Um, sure, he, like Halbach had the better year, so give that award to him. So as long as one of those two won it, I was wasn't gonna complain too much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Halbach, a kid local to our area, actually played high, public high school hockey for four years before going on and becoming an NHL superstar. Yeah, an absolute stud. I would have liked to see a better performance out of him during the playoffs, but it's hard to ask that when, obviously, you're on such a long break. You don't know if hockey's ever going to come back. Uh, not ever, but is going to come back for the season. So, uh, understandable. All right, Chase, let's talk about the Calder now. Um, this was between two guys, the two guys we were talking about a little bit earlier, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr does take this one home. I liked Kale McCarr a little bit better. I know you and I talked about it all season, how both of these guys were absolutely phenomenal. Um, but when we were talking Calder, I leaned a little bit more Kale McCarr. You leaned a little bit Quinn Hughes. I think both very deserving, but Kale McCarr takes it home this year. Yeah, either way that it went, it was going to be one of these two. Kubelik was just there because they had to pick a third person. Um, so I have no issue with the award going to McCarr. I just, I liked Hughes a little better because he was, a, he's a little more reliable in his own zone, a little more reliable as a true defenseman. So I'm, you know, I'm more in favor of rewarding defensemen for being like, like, don't get me wrong. They got to provide offensively, but I want them being like true defensemen as well. So I don't like when Eric Carlson would win the Norris, for example, I was never a fan of that because he was just an extra forward on the ice. 
So I'm not saying like that's necessarily the case with Kale McCarr. I think he's got solid uh, defensive abilities as well as unreal offensive abilities. So as he continues to round out his game, we'll see how he develops. Both these guys are going to be perennial Norris contenders. Absolutely. All right, Chase, those are the main four awards. Let's now run through the rest, and then if there's any one specific that you want to talk about, I'm totally down. All right, Ted Lindsay goes to Leon Dreisaitl. The King Clancy goes to Matt Dumba. The Bill Masterton, like we said earlier, goes to Bobby Ryan. The Frank J. Selke Award goes to Sean Couturier. The Lady Bane to Nathan McKinnon. And the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award goes to Mark Giordano. Any of those you specifically want to hit on? The one I'll mention is the Selkie. So don't get me wrong, Sean Couturier is a great player, great defensive player. But Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly are two significantly better defensive guys in my opinion. Uh, either one of those two should have been the winners. Like, uh, sure, Couturier played well. You know, he, he scored at a pretty good rate. He's reliable in his own zone. Good on faceoffs, close to 60%. But... You get those things from Bergeron and Riley just at a higher rate, more consistently. So I I thought I should have went to one of those two guys. Yeah, and that's understandable. I also think that uh, the awards committee also took in respect that uh, this Flyers team really caught fire, and Sean Couturier was one of the reasons they did that. I would agree. I think I think Patrice Bergeron is just by far the best uh, defensive forward. So I would have liked to see it go to him. But Sean Couturier, uh, a, a nice player. He's really grown into his own uh, recently. So it's nice to see that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it when we talk for talking awards. Um, uh, some awards that were much deserving. Some awards we were kind of surprised with. But uh, overall, not a, not a bad group of players receiving these awards. So um, that's, that's nice to see. But Chase... That is going to do it for this episode. Kind of a shorter episode, but of course, we can't end it until we do Hockey Name of the Day. So let me start to scroll down as we see, oh, ETN. Uh, I'm guessing this guy's very French. So I'm going ETN Freudeville. So he is Swiss, but there's a lot of French origins in uh, Swiss, so... That is fair. Uh, Etienne Freudevo, that indeed is his name. So he is a 31-year-old center playing in the NLA for Lausanne. Uh, 5'11", 196, excuse me. He's a solid player. You know, he's been a pretty much, like, career-long, um, like, a Swiss A-League player. Uh, last few years, his production has dropped off. I've been a uh, consistent producer outside of that. He's played for uh, Switzerland internationally quite a bit. Never in the Olympics, but got some world championships. Just um, plays for some international friendlies and played for the world, uh, the U20 team as well for them. So uh, not like a crazy hard name. I just I just figured you'd like it because, I mean, we're college football guys. Travis Etienne. Exactly. So I was like, you that, know what? Right when I saw it, that's what I thought of. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll grab this dude just for you. Absolutely. All right. Awesome name, Chase. We will now hit him with an outro, let him know what they need to know, and – uh, I know we have some announcements for our merch store. I don't know if we're going to announce that today. Uh, if we are, cool, you can do that. And uh, make sure you guys check out the merch store um, because we've got a lot of cool stuff coming. Yeah, so I'll just start with the merch store. Um, you know, we got October coming up in case people don't realize. Uh, so with October comes the pink merchandise that's going to be released. Uh, we got some like pink logos, some pink merchandise planned uh, that'll be released onto the store. Uh, Monday or Tuesday, it'll be one of those two days. Just once, 
we get all the designs completely ironed out and figured out um, and good to go, those will be up and no, there will be a notification on Twitter about it. Uh, but, yeah, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. You can start as low as a dollar. goes up from there, different price points, uh, lead to different rewards and prizes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. While you're at it, follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That is at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, might as well follow WNP on Twitter, our other podcast where we mostly talk football, at WNP Sports Pod. That's at WNP Sports Pod. Uh, make sure to check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts within the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen that way. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send your comments, questions, concerns. Uh, interact with us in any way that you seem necessary. Absolutely. Like, like, and Chase. as necessary. Sorry, I don't know what the hell that English was. It, it, it is what it is, right? And Chase, right now, I'm looking at our pink logo, and it is sharp. And I don't know, uh, Chase, you didn't mention, but for any purchases of our pink logo products, we will be donating that to a local cancer foundation so um it's it's for a good cause everyone and i I think it looks super sweet i think outside of our original um black logo it's probably the best looking one i think it's phenomenal yeah Yeah, it it does look great great. so uh yeah good cause everyone if you want to get on get in on that of course you can go to our twitter at bolts broadcast we got the merchandise store linked right on there so again thanks everyone for coming out giving us a listen uh and we'll talk to you guys next time